Black is beautiful. Black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of Black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the Black community to supporting HBCU students and uplifting Black entrepreneurs. Shop Black-owned or founded brands at Target from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself, enjoy, and amplify your Black love with the help of the Black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond measure to learn more. Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. So tell me about the love lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means Kanye was very popular that year. Yeah. <laughs> that they would do themed parties after his song, Love Lockdown. But yeah, it was like an ill-advised, no, it was fine. It was a fundraiser um, for a theater company. Yeah. And at the fundraiser, they were actually like auctioning off dates. Yeah, which is kind of weird now. Yeah, because it's a black it. theater company. <laughs> so <laughs> they were auctioning off dates. Um, neither of us were about that life. No. I um, came and I got to the door and, you know, it's all NYU kids or whatever. And I didn't want to spend the $5 that it took to get into the party. And so my friend Sarah paid for me to get in. Um, and when I got in, Alana was taking headshots Everyone was giving him headshots at the bar. I had just written uh, a pilot and was casting for it. And uh, I don't know how they found out about it. <laughs> That's the thing. I never said anything to anyone. I just stayed at the bar quietly to myself. And the next thing I know, people coming up to me being like, you're that dude who's casted for this pilot. Here's all these headshots. And I'm like, why would I be? First off, the question is, why are you going to a party with headshots? That is the first thing. And then the second thing is, what am I going to do walking around with this? With these headshots? headshots. You don't know where the headshots are. I don't are. know what happens. So I apologize to all those people. I don't know where your headshots are. <laughs> so he's taking headshots. And I clock it because I'm like, well, that's whack. It's really lame. And he's also the only NYU, like non-NYUer, yeah. right? Because he went to student purchase. Yeah. Um, so then after a while, he's like sitting alone in the corner of the bar and I had sworn off dating that year. So I wasn't like going up to talk to him because he was cute. He is cute. But I wasn't going up for that reason. I was just going up because I'm kind of a, a needs assessor and he looked lonely and sad in the corner. So. And she was right. I was very lonely and sad. I didn't know anyone there. And uh, the reason why I had gone is because the, the person who was running the theater company was a friend of mine. Uh, and my father just passed and so i had come, been coming back from the funeral and he was like you need to get out come to this event and i was like eh he's like really you need to come so kind of forced me to come out and again hey i'm with these headshots and all this stuff and i'm just like this is the wackest experience <laughs> right now and then she walks up to me well actually funny enough sarah who gave her the first five the five dollars mm -hmm. she walked up to me and uh I just was like, oh, okay, cool, you know? And then she walks up behind 
her and I don't know, something about her, like right away, we just started talking about life, love, and... American apparel. Yeah, I, she was wearing these granny glasses, big, huge granny glasses, her hair were in these little knots, and she was wearing American apparel, black tights, and this blue jumper uh, uh, tight, you know, leotard type, and I was like, American apparel. I just pointed at her and said that. She was like, do you work for American apparel? <laughs> like, no, I just... Looks very American apparel. Still tells me what to wear. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but I will say though that uh, I was thinking when I met her, I was like, who let this little girl in here? Because she looked with the granny glasses and everything. She looked like she was like 18 years old. And, and he looked 12 years old. He was <laughs> like, when I was a public speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and we just we just talked about everything. And in the middle of the conversation, she walks off. Like mid-sentence, walks off. Uh, I had puts, a friend date. Yeah, and Upper West Side. And I, she writes her number on a, a napkin. She hands it to me, and then she just didn't even say goodbye. She just walks off, and I just was like, a little thrown off. But before she hit the door, I text her, like, "When can I see you?" Uh, there was just something about her at that moment. I just was kind of blown away by her. Uh, just our conversations had nothing to do with the entertainment industry. It was very real, it was very grounded. And I was I was blown by the fact how intelligent and how fun and free she was. Um, and we, we had a great time that night. <laughs> uh, so that what happens is, is that <clears throat> I find her on Facebook. He writes me the most redundant and sweet yeah. Message of all time. I really wish I had saved it because it was the best. It's it was somewhere like, in it. It was like, call me. It said, call me at least like five, five times. times. Yeah. <laughs> I now edit his emails. Great. Yes. Great partnership. Because I will say five times. <laughs> call me. Uh, no, so I said that. And uh, we did. We actually set up a, a day where we we're going to hang out and uh, meet up. But I end up randomly talking to the gentleman again who set up the whole theater event. He, I called him to see what he was doing. He said, oh, I'm, I'm going to meet. Uh, DeWanda for a business meeting at Starbucks. And I say, uh, I'm coming. Don't tell her I'm coming. So I show up to the Starbucks uh, in Harlem and uh, an old friend of mine who I never dated, uh, who I went to school with at Purchase, sees me from across the street. And so she starts yelling, Alana, oh my God, I haven't seen you forever. And she comes over and she hugs me. And I'm like, oh crap. Cause I, I'm like, I'm trying to get in, but I also don't want her to follow me in because I don't want it to look like we're and together. And she does. And Alana was very concerned that it looks like they're together. And it's very clear that they are not together. <laughs> She's a very she was talking to me about her human being. Metro card. And she just kept being like, I lost my Metro card. And I was like, I just don't care. I really, you're really messing this up right now. Like, could you stay away from me? Could you like, and I was trying to do it in the nicest way. But anyway, she, I, I guess she got the, she, she came in for a second. She did. And she then, turned the conversation. And then she got out. And then I was like, great. And we ended up essentially like, it was almost like this instant partnership. We were giving advice to this friend. Um, and this is in 2009. This is like before we have advice to give. Yeah. We've always been giving people advice. advice. Before advice existed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, it was like, you know, kind of um, that element, I would say, of our relationship was instantaneous yeah um 
And so we, uh, we're we finishing up the conversation and I say, you know, I'm gonna go home. She says, oh, I'm gonna walk home too. I said, oh, okay, cool. So we start to walk. And the next thing you know, there's that moment where you drop all the bull, you know what I mean? And it's very honest and it's very upfront. And we talked about our families, our backgrounds, our dreams, our hopes, our desires. I mean, all the things, our, our failures, our, you know, just our past as a whole and where we see ourselves going in the future. And that was in a walk. And it was a very, and so for most people, I think they go, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot for, but it was, I guess we were both in just two different, or we were in the same place. Yeah, in that. we were both open. We are just open and wanting to more for our lives um, and wanted to look past the, the nonsense and get to the root. And uh, in that, we turn around the bend and it starts to flurry and it's nighttime now. We're under this <laughs> light bulb. It's very cinematic. Uh, <laughs> under this uh this this street lamp. street lamp and it's starting to flurry and uh you have that moment where you look into each other's eyes and i lean in and she goes i like to take things slow and then lies three and a half four <laughs> months later we got married. <laughs> so you said i like to take things slow yeah. uh-huh. so what when did it become every day together Every day after that. It was really soon after yeah. that. She broke up with me uh, at church. I tried it. She really did. She failed. I want to say. Was that a month in? I think three so. Three weeks? Like three weeks in, we were. We had like one whack date. Yeah. I, it's funny. I don't remember this date being whack, but she said it was whack. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, obviously it was. Alana was on his Cato at this. Oh, <laughs> characters into this. <laughs> no, no, I always describe it. You know, I feel like we all have like things that we don't need or whatever. Yeah. So it was kind of a retraction from our initial like exchange and encounter, which was very genuine and very mm-hmm. transparent and very honest. It's almost like he, he realized that it was and he like wanted to be cool again. Yeah, I went through a lot of uh, bad relationships prior to Duanda. And so it was just one of those things where, you know, you come in with a lot of stuff, a lot of luggage you don't need. And so you don't know that you don't need them or you don't know that they're actually even there at times. Right. And so for for me, going on this date and getting to know Duanda, I realized a lot of the tools that I had before, I didn't need anymore. So I could push them to the side and really just deal with myself and she can deal with herself. And then we're dealing with each other together. And so that was one of those things where I was a fixer and I didn't have to fix someone. Um, I, I could now work on myself and figure out the best me. And right. that date apparently was not that, uh, <laughs> which is what led to her showing up to church late and then breaking up with me I walking am kind into of the church. A walking, sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. I'm yes. like, <laughs> she did. So, like, what happened on the date for you? And then, like, what went, like, was church like the next day? Like, was church the next, was it that weekend? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I feel like the date had to be around a Thursday or Friday. And, you know, he was just like, he had, um, <laughs> it was like a, he had a weird sense of humor. <laughs> there was like this, this, on this arrogance on top of what I perceived as his like actual personality. Um, And yeah, it was just that, it's the like normal things that people do on um, dates. I was just not, again, 
trying to date anyone. And so it was that thing where I was like, any moment where I perceived like a problem, I was like, okay, I don't have to do this because I already made this decision. But so I don't want to be with anyone. I was not aware. I'm going to be Emily Dickinson. It's going to be great. Which also, December 10th is my birthday, which is when Emily Dickinson was born. So I was like, <laughs> we're meant to be together. Um, but I was not aware. So we get to church uh, and she's telling me all this stuff that I'm like, what? That's what I did. I'm so sorry, kind of thing. And then she says, you know, um, basically, like it's over. And I say, no. no, I actually said I'm already losing compassion for you. That's what I which said. Which is very dramatic. It's very dramatic. And but then I you said, said and then you were like, it's over. Mm-hmm. And I said, and then we went to church. And I said, no. And I then we went inside wrong. the church. Yes, I said, I know you think I think you're wrong. We go inside the church. We have praise and worship. We do <laughs> we service. prayed together. I introduced her to my pastor as my girlfriend. A whole bit. Like it was like I didn't even hear what she said. I just ignored her. And I, that's a shame. I shouldn't have ignored her. <laughs> I'm glad I did, though. But uh, so we walk outside and I go, so how was, and I was going to say, how was church? She, I said, so how was, and then she just breaks into this whole thing about, well, this is why it wouldn't work. And I just feel, and blah, blah, blah. And I, I was, was crying. I was very kind of it was, not to mention that I was a mess. I, uh, a mess. We end up getting into this diner and we're, she's eating these buckwheat pancakes with peanut butter. With peanut butter. Yeah. You're, so, and we're having breakfast and we're just talking. And I said to her, I said, look, we don't have to rush into anything. I said, think of our marriage or not marriage, our relationship as uh, <laughs> a walk in the park. A park. That we're walking in the park and that we're going to sit under a, a, a tree and put out a picnic and we're just going to sit down and talk and get to know each other. And that we kind of became really our thing because we tended to take long extreme walks where we would walk from the Bronx to the bottom of Manhattan like every other day and that was our thing we just loved to talk and and have conversations about everything Um, and that was Mm -hmm. that's what kept us going forward I think it was like a month in and I was like so we're like together right you're not going to do this thing months from now where you're like I didn't know yeah I think I said that after a month. Yeah, and I was like, no, I'm good. We're good. We're, we're boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm, I got it. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> there are these pair of shoes that actually i I gotten for another girl that didn't fit. So I just kept them because I was trying to sell them on eBay. And he never did. And I never did. <laughs> so I had these these uh, these shoes. They were powder. There you go. They were powder blue. Cinderella blue. Cinderella blue. And on the side of them, it says gazelle. Um, and she found the shoes in my closet. Like she just went through all my stuff. I don't care, but everything she, emails. I don't care. She don't care. And I don't care. So I was like, whatever. Great. So she goes so through, sweet. finds the shoes. And then she takes a picture of herself wearing the shoes <laughs> and sends it to me. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm glad they fit, but also take those shoes off. Cause you're <laughs> the Southern boy and he's superstitious. And I'm like, well, I'll give you the shoes when we get married, but we're not giving you the shoes. You can't wear them. You're not going to walk on my life wearing the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so actually, funny enough, on our wedding, that's when I we she took off her shoes and I put that that those shoes onto her right. feet, and then she left me to go for a rehearsal. But <laughs> that was the this thing that like sold me because I was like, oh wow, these are mine. Yeah, and they said gazelle mine. on them, which is her animal, and I'm a cheetah, and so cheating gazelles they always. So that was just one of those things where we were like, all right, cool. This is good. this is more and more. It just kept lining in and. Very cool, very interesting ways. Yeah. Very tale. Yes. Very, 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 very urban fairy tale. Yes. 
The shoe fit. Yes, the shoe fit. <laughs> Black is beautiful, black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24 seven, and Target is here for all of it. Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the black community, to supporting HBCU students and uplifting black entrepreneurs. Shop black-owned or founded brands at Target, from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself, enjoy, and amplify your black love with the help of the black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. So three months after that, you guys are getting married. Right. Yeah. Was there an engagement period? No. No, not really. So how did we get from, I'm not really dating this year to we married? I feel like I had a couple of things. One, I had written a like list of things that I needed in a partner. I should have kept it. I don't keep anything. We throw everything out. We don't like clutter. Um, th <laughs> <laughs> things, that, <laughs> things that I need in a partner, things that would be great, and things that would just be extra. And I met Alano and he had literally everything. Everything. And um, it was, for me, it was like, initially a very logical thing like even before it was like this you know flurry of love or whatever i was like you know i knew myself we're, we're actors right it's our jobs to know ourselves really well and so that's what had come like it came from you know my experience dating and being me and he just had everything and then right after we met Alano booked a trilogy of plays, Terrell Alvin, Alvin McCready's plays or whatever, mm -hmm. brother-sister plays. And there were three of them, and I saw him work, and I was like, oh, we should get married. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of the, um, he's one of the most, I still stand by this, phenomenal actors I've ever Thank you, seen. And more than that, that work required this level of like openness and vulnerability. And I feel like it's, if not his strongest quality, one of his absolute strongest qualities. So yeah, it was, uh, that was it for me. That was like the before, that was like the, t the two things that I feel like were major turning points. She just, roughed up my life she came in and she had she just made elbow space so quickly and i think <laughs> that bit it shook my it shook me because i wasn't used to that so here's a woman i mean who is stunning uh intelligent and um believes in god and all these things and and has humor i don't laugh a lot of people don't make me laugh just people aren't funny but she happens to be one of these people and that that can make me laugh and can help me to just take deep breaths and not take things so seriously or just push things to the side and just kind of stay focused in the midst of the storm and i just felt like why am I spending the rest of my days playing this game of, you know, of what if or let's through some trials, trials and tribulations, you know, before we get married kind of thing. 
um, it was, you know, we walked, we talked, we got down to roots of where we are. There was no, there was no reason to hide anything. It was just very open. And so for that, it was two people meeting at the right time. And I think we also, because we're actors, we had so much free time. So it wasn't that thing where, you know, our, our four months was probably equivalent to most people's year. Yeah. In terms of the actual time we spent together. Um, because when he wasn't at the time he had a day job, when he wasn't doing that or rehearsing, I was just around and we're still always around. Like that's our, we go to each other's auditions together. We do, we drive each other there. We do whatever. Um, I mean, but that, yeah, that was it. It was just us spending so much time together and it was also her, her ability to take care of me and, and, and not in the, um, what, you, what would you call it? I guess societal way, which is, you know, you come home and there's food or, you know, a massage, none of that. It was just the way it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. You know. Whatever people do. Whatever people do. We don't know what y'all do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but it was more so just about taking care of me just on a, just on a emotional and a spiritual and a mental. I mean, we prayed together. We, you know, we just, there wasn't a place for me to hide. And and she called me out when I needed to be called out. There wasn't a person that was going to let me, you know, continue down a road that wasn't going to help me be a better person. So it is about, you know, sharpening one another. And, and it wasn't brutal. It was just in a way of saying, look, we have to be honest with each other if we're going to grow. And not only just in our relationship, but just as human beings. And I remember, because I'm not the person that loves to share my food or that kind of stuff. And she would constantly just just make a very me invasive person. She makes me share my foods. I'm just like, why? Or, you know, Clothes. we were broke when we first we got <laughs> married and she was like, um, she was like, we're going to give this money to this person and give it. I'm like, we don't have anything. <laughs> what are you doing? But it was that kind of her, her, just her persistence in saying, no, you don't make it about you, you know, get out of your bubble and know that there are people in the world who are dealing with so much more than you will ever be dealing with. And it was that thing that said, well, why would I want to be with a person who's like me? I better be with a person who's not only not like me, but in my mind, better than me. And she'll help me to be open to all the things that I need to be as a human being to be better. And uh, it kind of, it just worked out that way for both of us. So we were on a train going back to Princeton to, to the McCarter, and uh, it was right after her birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just met all her friends and things like that at the at a dinner, and uh, which was new for me and by design. I've, yeah. I've definitely been very like compartmental, but I, you know, we knew we were gonna be together. So I was like, maybe you should meet my closest friends. So we're on the train. I paint the picture. We're on the train. It's late at night. No rain, uh, but it's uh, it's we're like basically by ourselves. We had the whole train cart to ourselves, and I leaned over and I said, "You know, will you marry me?" And she said, "Well, you know the answer to that." And I said, "Okay, but I kind of need you to." 
And then she said, well, how serious are you? And I said, I just asked you to marry me. I think I'm pretty serious. And she goes, all right, let's get married tomorrow. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Just <laughs> like, I'm very serious, but I have a play that I kind of need to end. Also, apparently there's like stuff you have to do. You have to like get the certificate. Yeah, and, and you have a 48 hour period and the whole bit. Cause they're like, are you serious? Kind of thing. So we went to handle all that. We hadn't lived together or anything. So I, we don't have an apartment. So she <laughs> <laughs> starts looking for apartments and she talks to her best friend and her best friend says, oh, I, there's an apartment in my building, whatever. She ended up saying, hey, I found this apartment. It's amazing. We're going to move to this apartment. And I go, okay, cool. So we have no furniture at this point. So then the McCarter Theater was actually closing. Uh, it was doing renovations and they were like, you can take this and you can take that. So I was just grabbing stuff and I was putting it in the back of this truck. And so we get, um, we move in all in one day. I mm -hmm. unpack everything. And then we were like, okay, so we got to wake up in the morning and go get married. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> And her friend, uh, who worked for Nicole Miller at the time, gave her a Nicole Miller dress. Mm -hmm. And uh, we called up a couple of friends and uh, I put on a suit and I was there waiting at the courthouse by myself. And I was like, okay. Uh, and then she calls me and says, are you there? And I said, yes. And she goes, okay, good. Because I have abandonment issues. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't know this about me because we only met each other four months ago. But, but uh, and then yeah, we we had a great time. We people, you know, our friends took pictures, and we did a little thing like we we're going to prison and <laughs> with a <laughs> with a little ticket. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I went to rehearsal. Yeah, right after we got married, she went to rehearsal, and I went home and cooked and made ourselves a wedding cake and mm -hmm. had some friends over, and that was it. Yeah. So with a four-month courtship to, to wedding date, was there anybody in your life who was like, oh, what are you doing? Nobody. Nope. I talked to my brother and two of my best friends, and they were very adamant about me meeting her. In fact, what's funny, after we got married, my sister, who was uh, kind of getting it through FaceTime, she uh, had Dewanda's picture up on her desktop. And as she, a screensaver. As a screensaver. And it was like, this is the girl that Alana's going to marry. Before I had asked her. And I didn't even talk to my sister about it. So she had already known too. And it was very interesting. Everyone around us said, nope, that makes sense. And... Yeah, and I think we were both like, people would qualify us as the same kind of person. You know, we were like presidents of organizations, very mm -hmm. type A. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it was that thing where they were like, oh, well, if she says she's getting married, then it's a thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, because my dad, I remember my dad was like, I didn't think you were getting married. And I, I was did like, neither ask did her, I. I did ask her hand. I, I did ask your dad for yeah. your hand. And he was like, well, if she wants to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to do his voice like that. <laughs> well, if she wants to marry you. But yeah. but yeah, he was he was cool. Everyone was very very cool about the whole thing. No one questioned us. Um, yeah, not even a little bit. Not yeah. to our faces. Definitely not to our faces. Because we definitely sent out an email like, "This is what we've decided." Um, so you know, who knows what people were saying? Yeah, we don't know. So it... Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, you know, I was never necessarily boy crazy, mm. um, and I'm. You know, as a lot of would say, I'm pretty devoted to my work. You know, I can be very like single minded. Um, and so I didn't, I never thought about how that would really, f how marriage would fit in the context of, you know, 
how ritualistic and all that I am. So yeah. I always wanted to be married. My whole thing was that I, I was about 12 or 13 and I was like, I want, I knew that I was going to be an actor. I knew that I was uh, going to be uh, successful, at least, you know, at that time, definitely was like, I'm going to be successful. I wanted to meet my wife before I got into that place because I wanted to be able to trust her. Also, I wanted to grow with her. I think there's this uh, misconception about people saying, oh, I want to get to my height and then I want to meet her at her height. And then we come together and we're this power couple. And I, I don't think about it that way. I think of, you know, when I think of Obama, you know, and Michelle, they weren't at their height. You know what I mean? They were just two human beings going uh, to find the betterment of, of each other. And they came together and became even stronger and and they grew together. So they had, they had so much history and so much um, depth that no one could shake that foundation. Yeah, and I think that I think that you know, insta power couple thing is like relatively, relatively new. You know, at least for our parents' generation, it wasn't. You know, that wasn't necessarily the story or the thing that was romanticized. You mm. know, um, but yeah, no, Alano always, always wanted to to meet his wife before, which is something he said when we were dating a lot. I did. I wanted to know what she was going to be. I, I always knew I was going to be married. I, I um, And we met before you had like any TV credits whatsoever. Like not one. Yeah. Not one team. Like when we were dating, actually. I had one credit. You had one credit. You had like some shorts or something. Yeah, no, it wasn't even that. It was like <laughs> Keenan and Kel and then it was like shorts. And I was like, oh God. But we had, <laughs> we put together, I remember this was like me being wife of Jura from day one. We put together these like press packets because he had gotten these outstanding reviews from the, sh the show or whatever, and he needed new agents. And I remember like walking around to all the in agencies the rain. in the rain yeah. in New York, just like going up to these offices and dropping off these PR packets, which were amazing, by the way. She put a <laughs> she really put good together. at it. She's really good at it. Um, yeah, I, I. You know, a lot of people ask, like, "Oh, you know, I'm just, do you have a do you have an uncle? Do you have a brother? Do you have a brother? Do you have somebody, a cousin?" And I, and I go, "Well, no, I, it's not. I don't think. I think there are a lot of good men out there in the world, and I think that that's the problem. A lot of people don't know that there are a lot of good men and a lot of good women, but they have to want to be married. That's the thing. At the end of the day, they have to want to be in a in a relationship, and." Uh, you know, society at this point has made marriage not look sexy at all um, because it just doesn't look fun and it looks boring and it looks um, it looks like a lot of work. Yeah. What is it really? I feel like for me, it's it's really simple. You know, if you it, and it depends how you live your life. I go. It's like self-love for two. Hmm. And that's how I think about it every day. Anything that I would like do for myself, it, there's one other human being that I have to make like another serving for, <laughs> or you know what I mean? And I, if I make coffee, then I should then make I'll just make coffee. a little more coffee. That's what I think of marriage. It's like <laughs> a little more coffee. Just make one more cup. That's it. Just make one more cup. And I mean, it helps. It helps when you have, you know, for us, I feel like we do have a foundation in common. You know, we, we are in love with the mundane. We are in love with like going to Target and Costco. And we love this couch. We love this couch, you know? <laughs> so there's like, there's an element of simplicity. And then there's that um, 
thing we have in common where we love to grow. We love evolution. We don't, yeah. you know, we don't romanticize, you know, being like, oh, I know you, you know, there's no like you've changed because it's like, yes, yes, yeah. we've changed. <laughs> we are not the people, you know, we were eight years ago. So I feel like there are a couple of like key small things, but, you know, in terms of people qualifying it as like work, you know, I just kind of feel like work is work. There's, I mean, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, though, uh, I mean, yeah, it's patience and you have to go, well, that's where they are. And that's a journey. It's Remember, at the end of the day, though, it's still two human beings that are going on separate journeys. And then, they're, and then they are at the same time, in a way, together on the same journey. Um, but you have to let them evolve the way they're going to evolve and let them grow the way they're going to grow. And uh, that doesn't mean that they can just use that as an excuse to be stagnant. It just means, hey, you know. You're, you may not get it right away. Um, and there's ways of being able to prod or poke or do something to say, hey, you see that thing over mm -hmm. there? You should probably... And it's just tact, you know? We always had this thing where we never wanted to... Like our jobs, right? Always require us to be relatively nice human beings. And so from day one, it was that thing where like, I knew I didn't want to come home and not give that same person to my husband. Yeah. You know, was... I didn't want to, I did we had to deliberately decide like, you don't just get the worst of me because, you know, out there is really hard and it requires all this energy. And so in here, I'm not going to put in the same energy. Right. It was, you know, that was like, that was something that was really important. And anytime I feel like, you know, one of us was in a different kind of place in our lives, in whatever way uh, we could facilitate. I mean, how to tell your douchebag is the best case in point. You know, I wasn't working, I hadn't worked for three years. Yeah. Like two in terms of anything between Firelight and a play I did called Sunset Baby and three in terms of like film and TV. Yeah. And so Alano had just become a series regular on um, Underground. Underground. And, you know, we took one of those checks Mm -hmm. and put it into how to tell you're a douchebag because you know it was that thing where like um i mean it's just not it's not an option for us to to be like oh that's how your life is going oh, okay well good yeah. luck with that no. you know that's not it's just not and we always said we option. had each other's back no matter what whoever was going to pop off first or however it was going to happen we were going to invest in one another we were going to invest in each other's dreams because we believed in each other and um i think that's very important people say it but they don't do it and so of course when the opportunity comes i mean you have the it was already kind of set up that way and and i wanted the world to see how amazing she is and now look at it you got every job <laughs> Hey, I gotta catch it. <laughs> no, but it's just um, it's just one of those things. Uh, for me, marriage is everything that my wife talks about. But also, there's this. I grew up. I have four brothers and three sisters. I'm the youngest of eight, and all of them were married, and except for one, all of them had been divorced. And even my mother and father, before they met, they were married and gotten divorced and come together and. Uh, had myself and my brother. And uh, so I was, I wanted to be married, but at the same time, I was also afraid because I was worried about divorce and I'm not really into that. Um, people take that, you know, they take the lines of, 
you know, being with someone through rich or poor or sickness and health, they take it and they, they basically say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good. And then when those things, those things happen, they just kind of say, all right, well, I'm good. I'm not going to fight anymore. Um, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen. And so for me, it was seeing my brothers and sisters go through their trials and tribulations. And I had to learn from them to say, this is not what I want in a marriage. And also I had to change my idea of what marriage looked like because there is that thing on television or in a movie or in your family. And that kind of trains your vision of what a marriage should look like. And that's absolutely wrong too. Um, what you, were the surprises or changes that you saw? Uh, that there was a lot of laughter for us, um, that there was a lot of love and that compromise wasn't really the word of the day. It was just more like breathe, mm -hmm. you know, be open to what the possibilities are. And we had, I, I feel like we just had a lot of um, like small things that kind of influenced how we operate early on. We had folks living with us. My yeah, brother lived with us. That was super crazy. Super early, that was crazy. In our marriage, friends lived with us. Yeah. And so it was always like, you know, our marriage is part of, it's super communal. Like even, you know, now, like his, the underground family became my family. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's, it's less of this kind of nuclear insulated, you know, just nine to five in our homes thing. And, and it became this, you know, really expansive living, breathing organism. Right? Which then also worked in our favor because people wanted to protect our marriage. And then you have all these people now that are, are included um, that now are watching and making sure like, you know, no, no, don't mess with that. Yeah, you know, they kind literally of, text or like, yeah. you know, our bosses, you know, for she's got to have it. As you can imagine, um, Spike Lee is a family man. Spike Lee is a family man. <laughs> and he is like, you know, Alana will be around sometimes he's on set. But yeah, folks often check in, you know, and like, and that's something I think neither of us really expected, expected to have that kind of support support because this business is, it can be very, you know, alienating and very lonely at the time. Alana was like cheated on in every, <laughs> in every relationship ever, which is crazy to me. So, you know, he came with everything that that implies. It just, it takes more, he would have nightmares when we were first married. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like for, you know, on my side, continuing to like be patient and assuring, um, especially because I did not come from a characteristically like warm and fuzzy family <laughs> at all. And I did. <laughs> My parents love. <laughs> so, so you know, it took a lot of like, um, one being more tactful, but also just you know, I believed wholeheartedly from the very beginning that it would fade away, and that only time was gonna be like time heals all wounds, you know? And and I, I felt that so strongly from the very beginning. It was like the only thing that's gonna be, you know, assuring in this context of someone who has, you know, has experienced that kind of hurt was to repeatedly be present and, you know, be the antithesis of the thing that you experienced before. And I feel like there's the, the actress who we met 
um, or who followed him into the coffee shop, you know, I saw her a couple of months <laughs> right before we were married. I was working on this like, you know, non-paying show in New York. It's great. Um, but we were walking down the street and she was just like, girl, one thing about Alano, he is loyal. And she was so annoyed by it. It's really <laughs> funny. But you know, he's always been in relationships. And I feel like that was the first time that I felt this real sense of like, you know, my husband as this very precious, you know, human being. Uh, my best friend describes us as like, two open wounds out in the world, like voraciously protecting each other. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, you know, it was, it was, it was that kind of thing. I think early on, I, I felt this kind of like, you know, level of protectiveness about, um, his heart, um, in that regard. And, and that's something that's only, you know, that's only begun to fade with time and experience. At the end of the day, that's really kind of not her job. That's a that's a me problem, not a her problem. She can only do but so much, and I think um, that's a issue that I've had to deal with on my own and go through that process and that journey to to find healing. I think you can't find healing through your partner, or at least put that weight on them. Um, for me, it was just uh, going through that and trust isn't something that she had to earn from me you know she didn't she wasn't the person who hurt me she wasn't the person actually she's the person who made me better so why would i put the negative thing on her by removing trust from her and so um i think for me my journey now became about having to share her um, because people love to take ownership of her when they don't even know who she is um and so it's really weird and creepy <laughs> <laughs> Came in. Yeah, and just also in general, people. I mean, she go with someone at the grocery store, and they'd be like, "Well, that's my friend." You're like, "You just backed her <laughs> food up. That's all. Like, why are we? It's not that deep yet. Just, you know what I mean?" But they do, and so. Uh, but it is that. It's about just kind of letting go and not having, trying to be a control freak, and and knowing that I'm enough and that she's enough and that we're two people who chose to be together and at the same time we're chosen for each other um and so that's kind of what my view is on that but yes her being present is very much um i mean even when we've spent months without each other uh but even then we it's like nothing has changed we don't lose yeah you know we've spent some time now where we've our our foundation is very very strong and what have you learned about yourself as a husband, just going from... Uh, that it's not everything that people say it is. Uh, I've uh, been told the whole, you know, you're a provider. You know, you're the king of the house. You know, you know, what you say goes, you know, so you set the pace in the household. I really want to know who this person is. Oh, yeah. Doing. I got to always do it with that kind of like, yeah, you know. <laughs> My man, you know. <laughs> I gotta get to this character. Um, but no, I, I think that was the thing of, I my father was an amazing husband, I think. And he was a person who was there for my mother and everything. My mother wasn't a driver. He would take, he would pick her up. He would take her to everything. And he did the same thing for his kids. Um, he opened the door. He was that kind of guy. He was very chivalrous. And so I 
I, I, the only thing I, I was really battling with was just being able to make sure that my wife had all the, the necessities in life um, and that she wasn't wanting for anything. And so that was a lot of pressure I put on myself. And then then as I we started about, my, about a month, two months in, we realized mm, it's a partnership and that you lean onto each other and that she has the same, if not more, capabilities to take care of things as well. Um, and she's very resourceful. So it is about saying where I have strengths, you know, she may be weak, but where she's weak, you know, so it's, it's just, it's really being able to balance one another and just listen to one another and not go through this hierarchical, uh, kind of relationship where it's like, well, what I say, and I pay the bills and who has the money, who takes care of this, right. we, all never that. Had that. we never had that. We had to throw that away because that doesn't exist in this marriage. And for us, that is what's worked. Um, and so as a husband, I breathe better. I sleep better because I don't put the weight of the world on my back. I have a partner who I know we can carry it and do things together. And we talk to each other about the decisions before we just do them, before I just go off and buy a whatever, mm. you know, it's, it, there is no, um, money tension. There's no, you know, we have each other's back. And I think that's for me was letting go of the old, Ways construct. and construct mm -hmm. and again being open to yeah that was like that was what he used to say that when we first married. Like, <laughs> i just want to be able to provide for my wife because <laughs> i met that dude who was like you gotta provide for your <laughs> rights, man. i was like you know i mean i feel like the first year of our marriage was like you don't need that with me that was like probably yeah good, i mean wake up be your best self you know don't treat your best friends better than you treat your you know treat yeah. your wife or your husband, um, and uh, you know, keep giving it your best shot every single time, and you're gonna go through trials and tribulations. We were on welfare together. We've been on. We've been through. So we've had church pay for our rent. We've had uh, actors, actors fund. funds. We've done Shout it all. We've done it all in the process of uh, not being able to pay our student loans and doing. We've been through every single version yeah. of that, um, and yet, and still, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of not having any money, whatever, we found joy. Because we were leaning on each other as opposed to it just being weighted on me. But again, you know, here's a woman. We coming. don't know how. I mean, I feel like, you know, there are all those things. There's like, you know, a list, right? There's this list of marital stressors. And money I feel like money, them. family, and we've hit all of them. Like yeah. we've, hit, we've hit all of them pretty hard. Um, Except for the baby. Yeah, no baby yet. No baby yet. But it was, you know, it was, it was that thing where... I feel like both being like extreme empaths because there's always going to be something external, like always, there's always going to be something. If it's not like a career thing, a money thing, a family thing, it's just like, you know, an event out in the world, there's mm -hmm. always something. And so for us, our, we wanted our home to be, you know, our sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And we always wanted it to be this place of peace. And I remember telling him, because I grew up broke, I grew up poor, is all get out. So, you know, thank God my mom had this kind of mentality that was like, well, if we don't have it, we don't have it. Like, it wasn't like, you know, it, wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, they keep calling. It's like, still don't have money to pay you. You know what I mean? So, so it wasn't like, you know, I had this conditioning to to worry about something I didn't have. It was just like... 
and kind of like passing those things on, passing on, you know, that strength, him passing on communication, because that was like completely weak point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were married for like two months and yeah. Alana was like, you cannot keep being silent in this house. <laughs> this is horrible. You're it was living with Emily Dickinson. You're going to drive me crazy. crazy. Like, you got to say a one word. <laughs> just talk. Just say something. You just are in head? Like- yeah. I'm just, she's I'm an, an introvert. introvert. I'm an introvert. I'm a legit introvert. And so it wasn't a bad thing. I wasn't like, oh, my God, she's probably thinking about killing me in the middle of my sleep. <laughs> it was just more like, hey, you know, how was your day? And it was like, it was good. Yeah, I would just journal about it before I would, more just before I would speak it out loud. Right. Um, <laughs> People rarely say things, I think. I think part of the magical strengthening thing about marriage is there's this person who is constantly speaking into your life who you trust, right? And when we first started dating, part of the like what really was probably on the list in some way, shape, or form um, was that I respected him a lot. I respect Lano a lot. He gives the best advice. So it was just something I never thought about. I had, I'd never lived with anyone in a relationship. And I was like, you know, it was kind of like, oh, you're right. My bad. Because yeah, we try not to do, we try not to do this is who I am. You know, whenever we're like coaching people Mm. and actors, you know, we all hold on to these things that we do that we've transformed or have decided are integral parts of our personality. Mm -hmm. And they're not, you know, they're just defense mechanisms or you know, and so I, f- I feel like that very early on, because we'd only dated for two seconds, it was also like, you know, we eliminated always and never. Because yeah. it's like, you don't know me, you know me for two seconds. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't always say, do you that. always do that. You've only known me for four months. How are we always <laughs> doing something? <laughs> so it's like, no, always, no, never. Um, and then just that, it was, you know, you know, I don't. I would hate to have been like be the same person that I was eight years ago, you know. And I think I mean in that uh, she was a writer, you know, she liked to write me notes, and I was a person that liked to talk on the phone. So we're in two different places. But then I had to come to a realization that uh, no, she needs to write. Sometimes she just needs to write, and then sometimes she needs to talk. Sometimes we just need to figure out other ways to communicate when that whatever thing is not working. Um, whatever it is, uh, we've just found different ways to communicate to each other so that we are on the same page and that we can aid one another, you know? And also it allows us to not pussyfoot around things. It's just be direct about what it is you're really feeling as opposed to uh, trying to charm or whatever your way through stuff. I think, oh, we'd also listen to, uh, we went to Redeemer in New York. Yeah. And Tim Keller has this amazing marriage series. And we were practicing that when we first got married. Mm -hmm. There was this thing where he was like trying to, he describes it as like cutting to the quick and (laughs) and describing what you're really feeling. And so it would be something really silly. It'd be like, you know, when you didn't help me go grocery shopping, I felt... I don't know. I felt lonely. I felt lonely. I felt neglected. Neglected. I felt it would be like the extreme feeling of the thing. But you know, when you when you describe it that way, it is. It's like those those small things accumulate. And so if you can like cut to the quick of what it is sooner, 
one is hilarious. Yeah. Because <laughs> our fears are hilarious. Yes. Um, and two, it's just, you know, it was it was part of our like communication growth, I think. You know, we just came mm. out of like a year of a lot of work. Yeah, traveling. Um, which was new to have that happen like at the same time. Like before that, it was very much well like, your turn, my turn, you know? And so this season is definitely like about reconnecting and, you know, getting back to the beauty and bliss of our boring lives <laughs> before it gets real crazy. <laughs> That's what it's been about for me. I was just like, I was in New York and cold and, you know, finishing up filming. And I was like, I just can't wait to go back to Pasadena and walk around. In the sun. That's it. Yeah. That's all I want. Uh, I think it's, you know, now that we're in different places in our career, that's a different monster to, to add on to a marriage. Uh, you know, where we love to be around each other so much that now we have to take moments where we're not together. And it is that now, I think that's the new step of continuing to have that strong connection when the entertainment industry or society is literally trying to do this because you're, we're both busy doing our thing. And being able to come back to one for us is just to base. It's just a very important thing for our marriage. Uh, and we don't know what it is yet. And we don't know yet. We don't know what the, what's going to happen. We don't know what, what, what new trials and tribulations are going to come with this, whether it's just separation or whether it is uh, not being able to have privacy or whatever other new thing, or if it's just because we're working constantly and we're both separated. We don't know what that new thing is, but, um, but it is about constantly reminding one another, like, hey, this thing is, it's like a meteor that's sitting outside, just floating out there. And you know, at some point it's gonna come. So it's just, it's kind of going, well, we see this meteor. So we acknowledge you, meteor. Now, how big of a damage you want to, or, you know, maybe we can do a little shuck and jive or we can move to the left or a little, you know, uh, to the meteor, but we don't know. We, we're trying to figure out what it is. And, and not be presumptuous And not about be presumptuous it. Just be about present. it. Just be present and let that be our next thing. Mm -hmm. And just be there for each other. My One of my best friends growing up, my friend Trakia, um, her parents, oh my goodness, were so sweet. <laughs> so sweet. Um, and I feel like maybe that, my dad and my stepmom mm -hmm. um, have a very like, I mean, they like sit on the porch every night. They're very comfortable in the routine of their lives and legitimately comfortable. So watching them probably, mm. which it, you know, wasn't, it's not the same at all. They have, it's very traditional. You know, she's like, I do inside work, you do outside work, you know, um, kind of marriage, but it was still, I think one of the only in my life examples I had. Yeah, mine was definitely my parents. I mean, they just loved each other and uh, they did it in, in very interesting ways. They, they weren't lovey-dovey kind of people, but they were very- Service-oriented. They were very service-oriented towards each other. And that was a, was a big thing um, because it is about always choosing the other. It's not about you and your relationship, which I know people don't want to hear, but it is true. And I think also I couldn't look at uh, anyone who was famous or anything like that because they just weren't successful, many of them. Yeah. Um, which is 
sad to say. Uh, but mainly it was just people, friends, you know, watching their marriages. And honestly, again, it's because of having seen so many marriages fail. Uh, I was just really like, no matter what, I'm getting married. I don't know. I want it to be to the right person, all those things. And I'll take my time and wait and do whatever. But at the same time, I just knew what I didn't want. Um, I, I couldn't really hold to a fixed marriage other than my parents. But other than that, that was it. And they were great. Someone compared you guys to Ossie Davis and Ruby Dee. Yes. How do you feel about that? Um, it's, you know, it's so funny. I will say this. Mm. To be 2,000%. When Jennifer told us about this project, this documentary, you know, like the concept of hashtag black love was not like, it wasn't a goal of mine. I'd never yeah. thought that my, you know, my partner would look a certain way or I, I just, that yeah. wasn't a decision I made um, before meeting Alano. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really have a gauge of how powerful the imagery is um, and how necessary until probably the last like, the last two years mm -hmm. um, of our marriage, you know, between our single friends or, you know, strangers we've met um, and people for whom love and marriage and witnessing it and seeing it um, gives them a great deal of hope. And, you know, that I feel like is something that is super easy for me to stand behind. As somebody who, you know, has like step family on both sides and um, didn't see herself married. Like the miracle of how we met and, you know, what our union is. Um, that's something that I very recently I was like, oh, I can share that. Yeah. I can share that. And so, you know, with the, the Ozzy Davis and, and Ruby D thing, first of all, they're prolific artists um, and activists. And so, I think we take it as like a call of call to action. Yeah. More than anything else, it's like, you know, a responsibility both um, artistically, artistically, socially. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so that's probably why we're like reticent. Yeah. To to say it, but it has been, uh, you know, a blessing. I'll say, of three people in the last couple of months back to back. So I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. It's cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with her. I'm, I'm. When someone puts that kind of weight on you, it's just like, oof, you know, you, you want to show up. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I can't um, be the people that they want me to be, or we can't be the people they want us to be. We can only be us. And so, at the end of the day, for us, it's just, again, doing our best work, doing, being our best selves. And you know, if things align the way they align, that's the way it is. And we can only speak up and stand up and speak for, and give voice to the voiceless. And that's what we're called to do as artists. And uh, if they say Ozzy Davis and Ruby D, then we'll take that. They say Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. We will not take that anymore. We won't take that anymore. Makes me um, so sad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, it's very interesting for people to put iconic uh, labels on people. But hopefully one day we could just be Dewanda and Alano and everyone's like, yo, the new, y'all like the new DNA. Get it? Dewanda and Alano. Yeah. Okay. All right, the, that's you, our nickname we gave ourselves. <laughs> <laughs>